Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, Avertonians, and welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast, coming at you a little earlier than usual when things are a little raw and a bit more immediate. Everton lost at home, of course, yesterday to Leicester City by a score of two goals to nil. Coming, and coming on the back of defeats to Manchester United, Tottenham and Newcastle, it was another sobering result and a performance that spells out perhaps how difficult this season may yet turn out to be. I have Al Bretland, Paul Trail, and Adam McCulloch with me. Al, I think we knew based on last season that uh, Leicester are a better team overall than we are and that the uh, early season position that they were in was a false one down at the bottom of the league. Nevertheless, this was Everton at home under the lights. I think we all expected a bit better, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I felt that the first sort of five, ten minutes at the tone, I thought that Everton were quite slow and lethargic. It didn't look like they really had an idea on the ball. Um, and I think, as you say, Leicester, their players, I think especially their forward players, they're just really quick, really nippy, really efficient in what they do. Um, and I think I think that was the difference in the game, that Everton were just far too laboured. I think we were quite disjointed. I think we persevered too much with the with the new style of play, the, the style of play that Lampard first implemented at Everton when he arrived. And maybe now that we've got a bit of a solid foundation and a bit of a base, I think we tried too much to pass it around the back. And obviously, as we've discussed on the podcast before, when it comes off against Crystal Palace, it looks brilliant. When it doesn't come off, and the players you can see are getting a bit more agitated and the crowd's getting a bit more agitated, I would prefer for us to chuck that plan out the window after about 20 minutes on on uh, on Saturday. I think it was really apparent that this wasn't going to work against this Leicester side for whatever reason. I just think too many of the players probably had a bad day at the office and I just don't think it helped. Um, and I think that was really key to how Leicester built their momentum. Them, they're very, they're, They were good on the ball, especially James Madison. 
and it, it just caused a few problems. I know Jordan Pickford put a few balls out, and I did notice that I was at the game in the Gladys Street, and I did notice Lampard put a thumbs up to him one time, and it went out as if to say, "Keep going, you know, this will work." That that you know, that's the impression I got. It was to just keep going with what we're trying to do, and that that was it for me. I feel that Leicester then grew into the game. We became a lot more nervous, and I think it was a matter of time before the goal came. But I think I was expecting a much more sloppy one than the goal that actually <laughs> flew in for the yeah. opener. I mean, I was sat in the Gladys just sort of diagonal with that. Well, as the ball hit the net, I saw it fly in like right in my eyeline. It was as soon as that ball got played back to him, you could Tielemans knew what he was going to do, and that yeah. little you know that quality, that class to just you know let it bounce up off him and then just hit it. You know, you you do it appreciate, you know, a worldie like that will go in against you sometimes and you do look around and think, well, what what could we have done? But to be fair, there was a lot we could have done before we got to that point. So that that was the that was the disappointing thing. It was it just felt very sloppy. Players were sort of not in like the same trail of thought on the pitch, I didn't think. And I think Lampard tried to do something different where Anana's position was quite different. And it almost felt like in the previous two seasons, we've mentioned that Decore has basically been on his own in the midfield. And I felt that, that was, uh, that's what happened to Idrissa Garnagay on Saturday. It just seemed that he had a lot to do. And we know that he's not the best on the ball at the same time. And I think it just got stretched. And yeah, I just I just don't think anything worked. I think the, the Iwobi miss in the first half, if that goes in, I do think it's probably a different game. But since since that moment, just anything we tried, just just didn't really stick. I don't think anything worked. That's probably the name of this episode, isn't it? I think that sums it up <laughs> pretty neatly. It was a lot of it was a lot of chickens coming home to roost, wasn't it? It was a lot of the issues we've spoken about. We said that we'd probably have to. I think I think you might use the term "suffer," Paul, about that kind of playing out from the back that it'd be something we'd have to kind of accept and as a fan base get used to at times because as as you say Al I think it it was painfully obvious that it was it's not that it wasn't just working it was causing us problems it was certainly causing Garner Gay a lot of problems he could quite easily have been booked early on for a couple of late tackles Um, and he he looked lost at times Um, we've seen that in other games uh, the away game against Southampton which led to a goal I think Leicester would have been very, very disappointed to have gone in at half time, nil nil. And yeah, it's 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 a world class goal. Um kind of similar in not necessarily exactly in delivery, but uh to Mikolenko's goal away at Leicester last season. It's it's one of those yeah, if if we played well and we concede that goal just for half time, you go, Oh well, but what what can be done? But I think it had been coming. I think they could quite easily have scored two or three by that point. Um yeah, the Awobi chance was a great opportunity, really nicely worked. And we certainly had moments, but they were so fleeting. And the, the difference in that final third of the pitch between ourselves and Leicester, that, that was the difference. We saw against Fulham that we can be resilient. And I kept thinking of the word resilience during most sort of open minutes. I was thinking, yeah, maybe we can weather this. You know, Tarkovsky, yeah, he's, he's giving the ball away a lot from the back, but it's, it's almost like he just wants to get those block stats up. You know, if he gives the ball away, he can stand in front of it soon after. <laughs> um, and we were, we were certainly not, not lacking effort, but we were contriving to cause so many of our own problems. 
that that goal was going to come at some point. It's a great goal. And then what we showed afterwards was pretty limp, pretty lifeless. That second half, again, just had all the sort of hallmarks of the second half against Newcastle where you never really thought we're going to stage some kind of siege on their goal and really have a go. Um, So all in all, disappointing, but I think a reflection of where we are versus where Leicester are, which, as you say, Lyndon, is certainly a false position for them. And I think they will will grow into the season now. Um, But we, we certainly made it easy for them. You know, I think you fellas have kind of summarised the whole game pretty well in six minutes, 45 seconds. That's probably enough to wrap up the pod, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet, fellas. Um, no, I agree with all that. Yeah, t- totally. It's kind of probably all, all the thoughts that, I was, uh, that, that I've had about it, really. It was very frustrating, wasn't it, to watch, um, particularly in the second half. I was getting really, really frustrated at the game, uh, at the game there. The... You're right um, what you're saying, Al, about um, just trying to play it out the back and all that. I think I saw that bit when like, Lampard applauded like uh, Jordan, like, yeah, keep it up, you know what I mean? I, was, I remember being like, equally a bit baffled by that. But um, And I get you want to stick to your plans. You want to, you know, you, you believe in your philosophy and that, but I tell you what, the, the warning signs were there, very loud and clear from Leicester, you know what I mean? They, 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 they were cutting through from us trying to play it out so many times and, we've in, and to get as far as injury time, we're still doing this nonsense. Yeah, I mean that, that we, we were warned several times, and uh, the goal frustrates me a lot because Connor Cody didn't clear the ball. Well, he had a good chance to clear that and didn't. Uncharacteristic. It's hard to have too much of a go at either of the two centre backs, really, because they've, they've been they've been so good. But um, they were poor together. I thought collectively they were get, they were sliced open quite a lot. I think mean, you know it's it, again it's not been it's can't be a, a usual criticism of them, but they were poor and as well the whole team really. It was. Um, Really disappointing display. It felt like all the substitutions as well. Um, Frank's often criticised for not making enough substitutions or not making enough uh, sort of plays during the game. But I felt the more that we changed it, the more disjoint, more the more disjointed we got. And by the end, I don't even know what we were doing really. Not the day. I mean, they were giving the ball away at a canter. They, it was surprised to nobody that they scored. It was a, it was a really poor day at the office. I mean, there's. Um, could be a game of inches though, can't it? You know, and this is like just the moments of like if, if Alex Uwebi puts that away or if we just get to half time and then, you know, if Connor Cody just rifles that ball into Rose Air, then we get to half time and then off Dominic scores that, that early one in the second half and we're, and we're level and, you know, who knows? And I'm not saying for a second, oh, we were hard done to. We, you know, we, um, you know, we, we got what we deserved. We got a hiding. They were the better team by a mile. But it just shows that you, you just don't know, the And little things can just like. You know, and even in game at Goodison, if Dominic scores that second half one, for example, and the crowd's up and everything's hostile and, you know, they're, they're up for it again, then, uh, then um, yeah, you just never know. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing. The big, biggest positive of the game, I thought, was uh, was James Garner. I know we've said that a few times, I suppose, when he's come on. And I really like the look of him, and um, surely he'll get an opportunity on Tuesday, you would have thought. I'm sure we'll come to Bournemouth a bit later on. But, yeah, yeah, to echo your words, very disappointing display, but you know, it was never going to be easy, was it, as I keep saying, and <clears throat> just got to try and keep the faith, really, I suppose, and just, um, you know, we were always going to expect bumps to the road, it was never going to be simple, this, you know what I mean, but, yeah, it's, you can't help but feel flat after a performance like that, really. Yeah, Garner certainly gives um, food for thought, doesn't he, in terms of how, you know, I, I know that Adjusoke came off with an injury, but I think, I don't think many people would have been surprised if he if it was a tactical change based on 
on uh, on how the the first half had gone. Um, the midfield in general, I think, was a big question mark because I think we'd come out of the Palace game thinking that uh, that that Lampard had struck upon something that worked. You know, playing the the double pivot and pulling Anana and Gay back and working sort of alongside each other, and then that kind of seemed to go out the window uh, yesterday, which I thought was um, was was curious. I mean. L, did you feel the same way that uh, that what had worked against Palace, he, we sort of just moved away from it and didn't sort of try and recapture some of that in the second half? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I also thought that it was to do with the opposition as well. I, th- I just think Leicester were were smarter and savvier in in how to deal with it. They, you know, Crystal Palace have obviously got really good, exciting, attacking young players, but I feel that Leicester just had more know how. Um, and it was, it was, Anana was almost sort of playing wide at times and almost a bit further forward. I, I almost yeah. sensed that it was, you know, I've compared him before to Fellaini and it was almost like he was in that floating role as well. But I also felt that him and him and Gay as well were just far too slow on the ball. Um, it was, I, you know, I, I can't really do, probably describe it in the sense that they, they had possession but they were they were waiting for things to happen too much and nothing was happening because there was no movement. But that was because they were being slow on the ball. So it was like a vicious circle. Um, so I think, really, I, I'm not sure that the formation does work. I think it worked against Crystal Palace. But long term, I would like to see something different. And I, I've, I've said in the past, I think Ruben Vinagre hasn't really featured. So it's very difficult to say what he can do. But I almost like the... The three that you know, the three at the back with the wing backs, I think that suits the players that we've got right now, and I think that's where Lampard needs to go back to the drawing board a little bit and just look at the squad that he's got on, you know, for now. I mean, depends who comes in in January, obviously, but I almost like Mikalenko as a as a solid left centre back with Vinagre there because I think then you've got the three centre. So when we're attacking, you've got an extra body then as well, and I think it. It helps. It would help Nathan Patterson as well. He's still relatively inexperienced, but it just gives you that solidity at the back. It means that Mikalenko can still support when we're bombing down the left. So that, for me, is where I think long-term, that is where I think we'd get the most results, particularly at home. But then you do look at the Palace game and it did work. So that, for me, is where Lampard is sort of like the little black mark, is that I think we're not being um, flexible enough from game to game. I think that it's 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 sort of been since he arrived. It's sort of been in blocks of passages of it doesn't matter who we play. He's had a certain way of playing, and then he's he's gone a bit more uh, basic and solid at the start of the season. And I feel that since sort of the last few games, we have tried to play a bit more. Palace, it worked really well, but I think then you need to be a bit clever and actually look at who we're playing. Because, I mean, in his in his post-match interview, he did say that you've got to respect Leicester. And I feel that he maybe did change slightly for the fact it was Leicester. So I think it may be something as basic that he just got it He just got it, got it wrong. Just it didn't work. And I think, as, as Paul alluded to, you could see that those goals were coming. So it's, I, I want to see more, really, of, of the in-game management and, and having a plan B almost. Because it, it's you've got to... You know, you've got to play the game. You can't just rigidly stick to to what you've worked on in the week if, if that's patently not working. And I think that was clear for everyone to see that it just wasn't clicking. So for me, yeah, it's that midfield really. I think I would prefer to see 
Adrisa Garnagay out of the team, James Garner to come in. And I'd like to see Anana play a little bit deeper, but not necessarily as a defensive midfielder, if that makes sense. I'd like Anana to be the sort of the tackler and the ball winner, but I'd still like him to be a bit of a number eight that can get up and down the pitch. Because I feel that James Garner's come from Manchester United and it seems that everybody we signed from Man United for the first six months, as someone said to me in the ground yesterday, they pass forward. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Everton gets to them and they start to go sideways. So I'd like to see us use James Garner in the, in the sense that we can still be solid and compact and organised, but Garner will always play that forward pass. And then you think of, of the pace that we've got in, in wide areas. And, and I think that's Aniwobi, how his skill on the ball to open things up and Calvert-Lewin or Morpay. I think we need to be getting James Garner more involved now because I think he's got a big part to play just in terms of how progressive he is on the ball. So for me, that would that would be the change. Obviously, for certain fixtures, I'm probably in the minority that I would like to see the three centre-backs with the, with the wing-backs pushed up. But I think in other games, I'd like to see James Garner Given a bit more of a license to really dictate the play with a Wobi just in front of him, and an honour being that you know that sort of midfield general who will try and break things up, but aid the attacks as well. I'd agree with that. I think um, I feel a bit for James Garner because he's obviously been coming on at points in games where we're usually chasing it. And if you're talking about that plan B, there doesn't really seem to be one at the minute, other than to get him on and he might get on the ball and make a little bit of something happen. But there's there's so little happening around him. Um, we always seem to end up going direct towards the end of the game when Calvert-Lewin isn't on the pitch. That's something else we've spoken about over recent weeks. Seeing Neil Mope just looking lost and aimless, I, I, I feel for him, although he didn't really sort of do anything to kind of, you know, win any admirers, but he he, he had nothing to work with. Um Disjointed was a word before, and I think that really summed it up with those substitutions. It, none of them really clicked in. So it would be nice to see James Garner from the start in some kind of more structured midfield to see what he can do. Because, as you say, he, he offers something different from the, not only the midfields we've got now, but as you say, historically, in that he passes the ball forward. It's, um, it's a novelty, really, um, because particularly when the likes of Decore came on, there were so many times where that safe pass has been taken. And then obviously we end up recycling the ball uh, through the centre-backs and eventually we either go along and lose it or contrive to lose it ourselves. It was it was all very frustratingly predictable. And again, it puts onus on the wide players. And as you guys were speaking about um, last week, those players aren't always going to have a good game. Gray was off it. Um, Dwight McNeil was solid, but didn't really offer anything spectacular going forward. Gordon didn't really get much chance to get involved or didn't involve himself. So when those players aren't firing on all cylinders, you are looking from something from somewhere else, whether that is, as you mentioned, potentially a change in formation. I, I think, there is that option now to go to three at the back. And even though it wasn't necessarily an experiment that worked earlier on this season, at least some players will be more familiar in that system now, um, if that suits the personnel or the opposition. Um, but I think generally it's that mentality of having some, again, some composure on the ball, some confidence and as we said, some kind of plan B because at the minute there doesn't really seem to be one. So in a game like that where we're chasing it, 
you almost sort of know as, as, as soon as the first goal has gone in, bar the game against Southampton, where obviously we did we did rally round. It was it was a it was a quick turnaround in that game. Um, but on Saturday night, it, you you never really felt like we, we were going to get back into it, and and the, and the second goal from them was just predictable, really, wasn't it? Um, another thing I noticed as well is there was that moment where Pickford came hairing out, and that's usually a sign that we're in a bit of a bad game where Jordan's getting involved. And it's just a shame that um, he's the one who has to get involved, but there's not <laughs> someone else really grabbing the game by the scruff and they're in a position where you want them to. Um, apart from, I don't know, there are a couple of times Tarkovsky kind of broke through the lines, had a bit of a run, but one time he gave the ball away pretty quickly. But other than that, there wasn't really anyone else who tried to sort of take some initiative and yeah, you really don't want that to be your goalkeeper on, you know, the edge of his own area. So um, yeah, it all, it all felt predictable from there on. Um, no fireworks as a lot of the commentary kept alluding to in the stream I was watching. So um a candle. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fireworks, it was nice for all there. Uh, presumably on purpose off friends across the park to start like uh, setting off the fireworks just when Leicester scored that was, a, <laughs> that was an extra kick in the teeth but fair enough you got <laughs> you got to take that on the chin um, just to speak about Leicester for the minute they were like they, they, they were very good I've got to say I mean they, they're certainly the better team Madison's getting all the applause for that um, and he, he's doing well um, but that, that, that Tielemann impresses me every time I think the um Lester's improvement seems to have been because there was a lot of talk of him wanting to go, wasn't there? And you can see why he's a very, very good player. How like uh, you know bigger teams will be will be interested in, uh, in him, and he, they, they let a lot of players go this summer, Leicester. But getting him back on form and getting him more settled and back in the frame of mind of just uh, okay, I'm here now. It just seems to sort of got Leicester playing so much better, and uh, yeah, we were just um, easily beaten. Really, they were just they, they, they were just so much better than us, and they they they, they are looking like they're in a, a bit of a false position. Um, down there. Um, one thing I guess moving on to Bournemouth would be though. Um, <laughs> after poor performance, I guess the temptation for managers to sort of ring the changes, and I guess with the cup game you can ring the changes without necessarily ringing the changes. If that makes sense, because it's something they would probably like rested a lot of players or changed a lot of players around anyway. So it's a good platform, I suppose, to sort of really sort of uh, give players a chance, knowing that if they do well on Tuesday, they've probably got a chance of being in the team for the following Saturday in the same. Same against the same opponent, um, so it'll be very interested to see uh, see what team he sticks out on um, on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, it will. The the thing about Leicester and actually quite a few of the teams. I mean, I watched some of the games over the weekend because there was obviously, apart from our game, there was goals flying in all over the place. <laughs> uh, and the thing that that sort of really struck me was just how how ineffective our attacking players are, just in general. Uh, compared to you know the the likes of um, obviously Newcastle because they're they're just flying um, Leicester obviously I mean even Leeds um, there's there's just an intensity about the way they play that we just lack currently um, and it's a lot of it is just to to do with players quite a, a bit like how McNeil did against Palace for that third game is just getting your head down and just charging at a defense and just causing them problems. I just don't think we do enough of that in general. Um, and the other thing I, I just, we seem to have, I, I know Leicester played fairly narrow uh, yesterday. So denied us sort of space in and around the area, but that's another thing that, that just strikes me is we, we just never had, seem to have enough players um, in the box, finding space. There's just a general lack of movement. 
Um, and I did notice that uh, in our attempts to sort of play out from the back, there were times when Pickford would find just a gay in the center and there would just be this audible sort of cheer from the crowd going, yes, that's the way to do it, but now turn and move it forward. And just a number of times we just kept cycling it backwards, um, you know, throwing on the halfway line routinely going back and then ending back up with Jordan Pickford when you've just watched 45 minutes to an hour of that tactic, just not working. Um, it's just, you could just see from, from Leicester that just the, the confidence that a player like James Madison has, um, in his own ability, that's a lot of a missing link in a number of our players, I think, from if you look at Damari Gray or Anthony Gordon, even um, Iwobi to an extent, I'd like him to, to to take the initiative a lot more and just have a few more shots at goal. You know, I mean, if you know, Yuri Tielemans does not score that goal if he doesn't have confidence in his own ability to smash into the top corner. And we have players who have that ability, but I can't remember the last time that Damari Gray Put put a, a shot, you know, in, in in into the into a postage stamp area of the goal. I mean, most of the time it either, you know, he lashes one into the crowd or or it sort of goes sort of dribbles through to the goalkeeper. Those are kind of moments where if your general play isn't working, that you can produce a goal out of nowhere. Um, and we have talent in the ranks, but it's, it's just, I suppose, it all comes down to confidence, doesn't it? And we don't have much of that right now. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at our assists as well, there's four players who've recorded assists for Everton. One of them is Jordan Pickford, another's Connor Cody. Um, uh, Amadou Anana's got one, and then Itawobi, who's been like the creative spark, he's got six. So that's really good. But And none for McNeil, Gordon, or um, Gray. No assists yeah, between them. Exactly. And I think that's yeah, and I think that's probably the difference in terms of, as you said, Lyndon, that ineffectiveness. Those players aren't, it's just that area. I mean, at the start of the season, we had one of them playing the false nine, didn't we? And we thought, well, when we've got a centre forward, that will work. But, you know, it's, I remember yesterday, McNeil put in his first cross when Calvert-Lewin had gone off. Yeah. And and that, yeah. that's where I feel that, that's where I feel that Lampard does need to change things when he sees things not working. Because if we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's very good at holding the ball up, very good at bringing players in, and we've got the pace of Gray coming from out wide. We've got McNeil who can put a ball in. We've got Gordon to bring on. You've got a Wobi. It just seems like a waste. It feels like we've waited for Calvert-Lewin to come back. And then Calvert-Lewin stuck at the other end of the pitch while the centre-backs are knocking the ball around to each other. So, you know, and as I say, it, 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 yeah. it can work. But you can't just persevere for 90 minutes. And I, I feel that it, it is a shame that we've had Calvert-Lewin back in the team and we've not we've not created chances for him I don't think admittedly the chances that he has had he's missed them but so it, it's just like <laughs> you know bad news all around for everybody at the minute that when we are putting chances for him he's missing them but I still think that he needs plenty more service and I just think for the players that we've got we need to be utilising our strengths more it's all well and good a manager having a philosophy but if you don't have the players for it how many times have we seen it I mean, I almost feel like that Leicester game yesterday was Martinez's second season in one game. It was just like that that perseverance of something not working and everybody there can see it and the players just look a bit lost. And it, yeah, you know, it, it, that's how it felt to me that there's other ways to play and we've got the players to, to be more efficient, I think. 
Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't, not for one second do I think that Lampard is similar to Martinez in the sense of tippy-tappy football and, you know, he'll do it to the nth degree. We've already seen that he's very able to walk, you know, move away from his football principles to get results. But I almost mm-hmm. feel that where he's maybe trying to, you know, it's, it's all about that walking before you can run. And I think maybe it's just come a bit too soon. But hopefully now we've got, you know, nearly two months off. This could be the time where he can really drill it into the players and, and see see the best way to play for the second half of the season. And it might be that we play that, you know, that progressive way of passing it out from the back. That might suit the players because Tarkovsky is very good on the ball. Patterson can get forward. Cody's quite good on the ball. But it's if you're going to play Idris Agan again in that holding role, maybe not. It, it's just about how, you know, assessing again. You've got to keep assessing. Um, and so I think, you know, the January window will be very big for us. But at the moment, it's just about how to get the best out of the players you've got at your disposal right now. I guess that's going to be interesting now that there are a few injury doubts potentially for these next two games against Bournemouth. So it will force his hand a little bit. Um, as you said earlier, Paul, there, there undoubtedly would have been changes um, for the midweek game. But but now they're more justified. You know yeah, what I mean? like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I'd have hated us to win that game and then make like, eight changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like yeah. now you can go, okay, go ahead and make eight changes because that they that, that, not need a kick off the backside, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, who who kind of comes in and whether that will shift how we play a bit because I, th- I think particularly, um, you mentioned it before, Al, as well, that, that in-game management, I think that's something where we, we really can improve because going in with that plan, there's, there's nothing wrong with sticking to some kind of principle, even, even if there is that flexibility within Lampard's own philosophy. But particularly in a game, when it's not working, we can't just keep doing that because it's... If, if if everything's coming through essentially a Wobi, as you say, like, you know, the stats back that up, I think we're eighteenth in the division for goals scored and shots taken. So something needs to change at some point from that point of view. And if you're playing against Everton, you know that if you keep a Wobi quiet or he has an off day, then we're gonna be quiet and have an off day. Um so something needs to change, whether that is the formation, whether that's a personnel, which as I say, is is gonna, gonna probably be forced upon him anyway. Um or whether, yeah, it's just some dogged training ground routines over the next couple of months. Because even though, I mean, it, it really, I think our mood will really depend on not only our results, but maybe the other results next next weekend. Because seeing how that table looks before this big old <laughs> this big old gap yeah. is going to really change the mood. Because again, I've, I've been doing it today where I am looking at other sides' results. Um, <laughs> And that's a habit I'm probably not going to shake off for uh, quite a while. But it's it's natural when there's this there's this big break coming up. We always have that feeling before an international break, anyway, don't we? This one's the international break to end all international breaks. So um, being in some sort of position where we know where we're at, even even if it is just the mental side of okay, we're thirteenth, that's something to build on. Or oh my god, we're sixteenth, we need to really get in gear. Um, I think I think that will that will have an impact probably more on the supporters and the players, um, but I do hope that in the build up to Christmas that yeah maybe maybe some of that time is spent not just not just on the sort of players' confidence but also yeah but the way they move how they manage a game really because at times 
I, I mean, you, you said it just before we came on, El, but you sort of, you, you sort of know within five minutes how the game's going to go. And I mean, but this one, particularly after that earlier Wobie chance where he missed it, yeah, it did really feel pretty inevitable. Um, we need to change that mentality and we need to... Um, I, th- I think the, the main way to do that now that we fix that, that solid centre-back pairing um, and general... Um, sort of ability to stand up to sides is to create more chances and keep us in a game more and that's what I really hope we'll be working on for the next couple of months and yeah maybe Bournemouth midweek's a chance to you know see some different ways of doing that Yeah we are incredibly blunt in attack as you sort of said and then you're right, it probably is down to confidence, I would I, I, actually, when I think about it, because that, them players are capable of creating chances, aren't they? Damari Gray and Gordon and McNeil and, you know, Calvert-Lewin, etc. Will be, you know, he's obviously assist king, so hard to criticise him. But, yeah, and the stats don't lie, do they, um, in that in that regard? So, let's just kind of go down to confidence. Because you're right, and you see Leeds, and Leeds are crap. I don't care anyone, what anyone says. I'm like, you know, at least they... Give it a bloody good go and just like, you know, to come from 3 1 down and win that against Bournemouth, who also crap. Hope we realise that. I hope we find out that they're really crap these next couple of days. <laughs> just, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know what's going on in that attacking, attacking third. It's um, it, it, it's certainly a bit of a, a bit of a head scratcher. Um, one thing I'd say though is, um, I guess it's the importance of time and we're, we're talking about like Frank and you know, how he's got to adapt and all that. And I don't disagree with, with them things. But you look at, like, Leicester there and Brendan Rodgers, they've got, you know, they're very well they're very well set, you can see. They're very well organised. They know what they're doing. They're very well drilled. He's been there for three years. You know what I mean? And, and just look at Arteta at Arsenal. Bumpy ride mm-hmm. a lot of the way. But look at them now after three years. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not saying, oh, you know, Frank, for sure we're going to be top four if we just stick with him in, in three years' time. But um, we've seen, and I know, I'm always going on about this, I know, but we've seen enough, haven't we, over the last sort of five, six, however many years of like change, change, change does not, it, is not the answer, you know what I mean? So we've got to, so I mean by just keep, expect that there's going to be bumps in the road and expect that things aren't going to, he hasn't, he hasn't had that long to work with these players really, you know what I mean? Like he's, he spent a lot of the season without a striker. Looks gonna, gonna, it looks like he's going to have to spend longer without a striker. I mean, can't believe Dominic pulled up again. I hope that's nothing. Presumably, probably won't see him now until until Boxing Day. Um, you know, it hasn't been easy for him in that regard. You're right. It, it, you can criticise for sure from particular performance like that on uh, last night was was not good enough. It was really poor. But let's not. I just really want to, you know, apply caution to let's not get carried away. You've seen how itchy supporters can get. You've seen how quickly a mood can change and I just don't want that again. You know I mean, that's, that's what really worries me is everyone getting a bit carried away. And, uh, before you know it, Mishiri or whatever feels he's got a decision to make. And I just don't want it. I think we've just got to stick, stick together if ever we needed to, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my take on that. Um, but there's a lot of strange results as well at the moment, isn't there? Um, I mean, like Liverpool losing at home to Leeds, West Ham are on about the same point as us, and yeah, you know, I mean they mm-hmm. they've invested a heck of a lot. You know, I mean it's so congested. You know, I mean even Liverpool winning today, they what are they like five points above us or something like that, and you know, look, you know, and and they're, they're, they'll have ambitions of lofty ambitions of top four, obviously. Fulham doing having a great season, what like five points above us or something like that. You know, I mean, it is so, it is so so tight, and Leeds are just showing. Tight. Yeah, Leeds are just showing, and Leicester have just shown the importance of back-to-back wins and what it can do for you, you know. And uh, if we can just sign off with a win uh, at, at the end of the season, then we'll probably feel a lot, lot better going into um, go, you know, going into that big break. Um, 
with a nice cushion. But yeah, it's become a it's become a big game now, which we really could have done without. We could have done with you know having a sort of cushion going into this game. And if it was saying off air before, it's become like a must not lose now. Unfortunately, on Saturday when you really could have done with going there with a bit more freedom, you know, and that's uh, that's a bit uh, a bit of a worry. Yeah, what you were just saying, just again, it goes back to those attacking players. You know, a lot of those teams that you just mentioned all have good attacking players, and mm. Tottenham struggle today because you know, they've got an injury crisis in that area of the pitch. But you know, Aston Villa um, got a great result today because you know, they had a had a player, Leon Bailey, who just just marauded into the box and smashed one home. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we're just not uh, not doing regularly enough. I would have liked to have seen. Um, just for, for one small change to see McNeil and, and, and Gray switch flanks a few times yesterday because both team both players are can be very effective cutting in you know and shooting on their stronger feet and they were they were, for me they were on the wrong flanks and they did they looked a bit out of place. I know that McNeil scored obviously that great goal against Palace came from the left flank. Um but often his best stuff is, is sort of cutting in from the right. Um but there just wasn't it just wasn't enough there wasn't enough imagination for me. Um, in terms of switching up how we play, and I th- I'm hoping that the longer Lampard's in the job, and particularly over this this World Cup break, that those are the sorts of things they can work on. So I think we're fairly predictable. I mean, even right down mm. to our set pieces. You know, there's just a you know a fancy set piece routine or something different, just to you know confuse the uh, the opposition a bit. Um, so, I mean, obviously the, the the Bournemouth Cup game now might take on a slightly different aspect. Then it might have done if we'd won because I think the uh, the Premier League all, all of a sudden seems a lot more urgent than uh, than, than cup runs. Uh, but as we were saying earlier, some changes will be will be forced. I doubt Calvert Lewin will be playing, um, so that you would imagine would be another opportunity for Neil Mope. Um, maybe Yerry Mina gets a look in at the back. What sort of changes do we think that he might make beyond the ones that he's forced into? Yeah, I think it because we've got that break coming up. It's it's a difficult. I think if if we if we had the you know the normal November December fixture list, I, I would expect a lot of changes. But I just think he might not to because of the feeling around the place now after that defeat. It does feel like this is sort of the the worst moment of the season so far. This feels like where people have. I feel like we're we're all a bit more as, as you said, Paul. I feel like we're all a bit more panicked. <laughs> Than we have been earlier on in the season, um, so I think I agree, London. That obviously Morpé will come in. I think he might do something different with the midfield. I feel that the defence he might actually keep. I think it's a good opportunity for Patterson to start the game because um, yeah. I think he, I think when he is at a level of fitness, he does need to start ahead of Coleman now because um, you know Coleman. I know a lot of people say is dependable, but I think Patterson is the future. And I think that he's dependable enough that you can, you know, you can rely on him. So I think I'd, I'd expect to see Patterson come in, and then I think I would expect to see that midfield just change ever so slightly. And it may be that James Garner gets the start, but I, I, I probably would expect him to just stick with the with the four three three again. To be honest, mm. yeah, I'd echo that. I definitely echo the minutes for Patterson because I, I, I'm pretty sure the only time I can really remember. Coleman getting forward against Leicester was when he saw that he was coming off for Patterson and it was like, <laughs> I'm going to have one last <laughs> one last folly over the trenches uh, and then Gray put in a woeful ball so uh, it wasn't really worth it for him but yeah, I, I, I can definitely see him um, sticking with 
Tarkovsky and Cody, whether that still means we're four at the back or not. Um, as you say, just to try and steady the ship in in that sense. I I think yeah, it is it is a panicky moment, and it's as, as I mentioned, it's it's a strange it's a strange time to be going into a cup game, which then we're, we're facing a side we're going to face a couple of days later before a huge a huge break, whilst also knowing. Maybe we're not affected by this as many other teams, but there will be some players there who are a little bit worried about getting injured as well. So that's, that's another sort of mental thing to take into it with some of the players, certainly. Um, I think Garner, James Garner, sorry, uh, always have to check. James Garner uh, <laughs> coming in midfield uh, definitely makes sense just to get him some, some minutes. It'll be interesting to see who does play out wide. Um, I think... Gordon from the start probably makes sense in that he was rested. I think maybe taking Gray out and giving him a little bit of a break because um, it hasn't really been coming off for him. Um, he's, he's certainly not the only one, but um, and then yeah, it's I, I, I do just worry that we may be starting to see that even though we, we've got depth on paper, the likes of Takori when he came on looked so Rusty, and the game really passed him by. Um, and when we have been chasing games, when the likes of Mope have come on, they've not really made much of an impact so far. So I'm not hugely confident, but hopefully, having this game before the league game, may, maybe some of those players who aren't fully confident see it as a bit of a free hit, and those who haven't been in the side, who are either getting minutes back, getting fit, or just haven't been getting the games. Uh, whether like someone like Holgate comes in in some capacity as well, um, whoever's there, hopefully just sees this one as a game and a chance to impress, and then we're in some kind of positive place. However, that is for the game on uh, on Saturday, which uh, yeah, as we've all said, is is going to be a really important one. I'd expect Bagovic to go and goal. Um... I hope he doesn't. Not, I've got nothing against Begovic. He's, not, he's never really let us down. Um, he's, he's, he's been a solid backup. But I'd, I'd just like to go with... I'll, I expect changes. I think you, you need to make some. And I, I think we probably need to make some from a fitness point of view. We've got some some players, obviously, uh, didn't finish the game on um, on Saturday due to injury. But, yeah, you expect a few changes because it's the cup. I really don't want us to like, ring the changes, if that makes sense. Um, but Begovic will probably play. I think like Pickford should play if it's a chance to progress into the cup. I'm interested to see if uh, it'd be, a, it'd be if I think if Anagra doesn't start the game, then I think that tells us a lot about you know Lampard. If Lampard has confidence in him, I think uh, I mean that's fair to say. Um, Patterson definitely. I, I hope Cody and Mikel, uh, Mikelenko, Cody and uh, Tarkovsky um, play in the centre. I think that yeah, they, they had a pretty poor game. I think it'd be good for them to sort of get that out of the system and have a you know have a solid game. Davis will probably come in. I would have thought for uh, for Gay, I suppose. And then you got Garner. Um, you can imagine, uh, yeah, an Gay and uh, obviously Dominic will, but all just not feature whatsoever. If they get any sort of knocks or whatever else, then mm-hmm. they, they won't be in there. And yeah, I guess the, that's been talking about pretty slim pickings of what you can change it around to, isn't it? Really, after that, I mean, Mope will play because no one else is there to play, really. Um, and that's what, two from three two from three on the flanks, isn't it? So, you know, we don't really... Pretty limited of options in a lot of areas there. Um, so, yeah, well, we'll have to see. But 
Roach just be horses for courses in terms of changing it. I'm not too sure. Or will he try and just I don't know, go for the, the back or go with four four two maybe if if the one can get through a game or something like that. I don't know. Just sort of think of different ways of, of what might work and it's a fine balance, isn't it, between like okay, that's it's a cup, that's experiments, but we want to progress. Um, and you know, or trying a system which which the players aren't familiar with, which which could backfire. You know what I mean? And then you put yourself under more pressure. Which you don't need going into Saturday. I mean, make no mistake, the Bournemouth will have no interest in. You know, they'll, they obviously they'll they'll try and win the game, I'm sure, but they will not be interested in progressing in this cup whatsoever. History tells that Bournemouth have never paid any interest into the cup, so you'd expect like a raft of changes for from Bournemouth's end. So if we approach the game properly, it could be a decent opportunity, I think, to to progress in the cup, which would be again would give everyone a boost, wouldn't it? Knowing that, you know, we're in the hat first game back uh, after the after the break. What about Rondon, the secret cup weapon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, get to the bookies now, everybody. <laughs> yeah. a, very, a very well kept secret, that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, any predictions for how this one's going to go? It's a, a mad draw and a, and, a, and a dramatic win on penalties, perhaps. <laughs> If you want for omens, I think the last time we had Bournemouth away in the cup, we won 2 0, didn't we? I think in the on the Martinez, it seems like a distant playing for Bournemouth and get a bit of a tougher time from Lukaku. So, uh, yeah, I'll go, with a, I'll go with a win, but don't ask me for a scoreline. <laughs> for Bournemouth away, it feels like one of those games where it's sort of a unique. We should be winning the game, basically. So it's it's. How much confidence does that breed if we do get the win? But on the yeah. flip side, if we were to lose it, that really, I think, we take a big hit on confidence. So it's, I think it's a really unforgiving fixture, and it's the fact we've got it twice in a week, that if yeah. we don't get to you know semi-positive results or at least performances, I think it can really change the complexion of how we all feel for like a very long period of time until we until we play again. So it is, it's, I think it's a horrible fixture to have landed for us after... And I think it, it shows just how vital it was to to get a good result against Leicester. I think Leicester was the one which was like the, you know, if we'd have won, it's a bit of a safety net where Bournemouth isn't as important where now mm. it's probably the, the biggest game of the season so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, they're reeling confidence-wise, having uh, been ahead in two games and thrown away points. Uh, they, they'd obviously had a bit of a good run before that. Um but we've seen they can see goals. So if we were looking for anyone to play at a time where we're struggling to create chances and struggling to finish them, this would be the game. Um, it's just a shame that you know Dominic probably won't get any minutes midweek, uh, whether he's fit enough for the weekend or not. Uh, we'll have to see. But certainly for the likes of Mope, certainly for those wide players, if they could play anyone at the moment, certainly if it's, as you, as you say, Paul, a, a weakened side that they put out midweek, um, we couldn't really ask for more. It's just that, as you say, El, that mental side of it, of um, of knowing how important it is, knowing that we're playing them again so soon after, and knowing about that big that that big break beforehand. But I like to think we'll have enough about us. Um, I don't sound convinced even as I'm saying it out loud. Uh, I'm not I'm not seeing nods <laughs> on the screen either. So. But I, 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 like, I like to think we'll have enough, but I think I think it I think it could be tighter than we'd like because realistically a weakened Bournemouth side is, is like getting a, a championship side away um in the League Cup. 
So normally you you would expect us to go away and get something from it. So I'll I'll say I'll say two nil. I'll be I'll be really positive, honest. <laughs> See the danger with one of these like that weakened side when there's like eight nine changes. We kind of saw towards the end of last season against Watford, didn't we? We, we strolled up, think oh that's us safe. We win this and we're fine. And they gave us a heck of a game in the end because we did they, you know just like. Like that, you got nothing to lose, you know what I mean, and, and everything to gain, I suppose. And uh, and it's, it's knockout cup, you know what I mean. They, they, yeah, they can, you can really come unstuck with these things. That sounds like I'm getting the excuses out early, but like, um, um, you know, you, you've seen it before, haven't you? You know, so hmm. that's hard. after Saturday, it's really hard to go in with a lot of confidence. It really is, to be fair. But let's uh, let's hope they shake it off quick and uh, you know, just come on a good performance and uh, we'll all feel a lot, hopefully, all feeling a lot better in about. 48 or so hours. I might take back my prediction now, Paul. That's uh... <laughs> two, two, one. <laughs> yeah, no, it does feel as though uh, a victory would be would be just as important for morale as it would be for progressing in the cup, isn't it? Uh, but whatever happens, we'll be back after the uh, the Bournemouth Cup game uh, to discuss everything that goes on down there. So until then, Blues, take care and up the toffees. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.